It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. It is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Uh, as you know, if you're looking, uh, listening at a different time, you're welcome to uh, um, download our podcast anywhere podcasts can, fi- can be found. I get them on Google Podcasts because I'm a Google yeah. freak. Uh, Apple Podcast. You can find them, tune in, a lot of different programs you can download and listen to Brian and I like nonstop if you want to. It'd be kind of cool. Anyways, I'm very excited for our show today. And very excited for our two guests. We have Debbie Rosemont with Simply Placed and Scott Didion with Green City Pest Control. But of course, as always, before we get into that, we have some real talk. Dan, today we're going to discuss how access to your home plays a major role in selling. If you can't see it, you can't sell it. Yep. Most experts can tell you there are four elements to a quality listing. Access, condition, financing, and price. There's a reason that access tops that list. So there's many different levels, right, of access that your agent can provide to the public. Five different levels, to be specific, um, that you can provide for a buyer. So the first of these levels is a lockbox. We use a Supra. It's a smart key box. It's amazing technology because when a broker accesses one of my key boxes to show the listing, I get an email within seconds telling me who they are. And and obviously, well, it's not obvious. I'll explain it. Uh, they can't access the box unless they're current with the Mo- with Northwest Multiple Listing Service, and they know their secret code, which means they're they're fully licensed. That's right. They're, they pass the state exam. Screen, they're in fingerprinted, good the whole yeah. nine yards. Yeah. So yeah. before we get into some of the deeper access, Brian, um, why is it so important? Ah, because uh, it, again, if you can't see it, you can't sell it. Getting buyers in there is key to selling the, that home. The access uh, of a key box allows brokers to schedule showings at a time that works for the buyers as well as the broker. And often buyers are looking at multiple homes. So having the ability to just schedule, and we use an application called Showing Time to do the scheduling. So it's it's a, uh, a auto, well, semi-automated because it makes the request and then the seller or the listing broker confirms that request, but it allows people to access in a timely manner at the times that work for them. Yeah, and I want to break down. So the Superbox is Bluetooth enabled. It's technology right. enabled. It's linked to our smartphones as agents, and it's linked to the Showing Time app as well. Uh, this isn't a plug for Showing Time. This is more of a plug for 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 the technology for the technology and and what we do to ensure that our buyers uh, can get unfettered access as much as possible. Right. So what do you do when you have a seller that um, maybe it may be a challenge for them to get out of the house for the showing? Because that's something right. we didn't even Well, we mention. typically work by appointment. And so the seller has a say in how we schedule and we can tell the brokers through showing time how much lead time is needed, typically one or two hours, and we show by appointment. So the seller has control. Um, we're going to talk about other forms of access, but hands down, the very best method in terms of getting their home sold quickly and for the highest price is the use of a super key box and showing time. Yeah. And an open calendar. And a count, that's right. So uh, let me tell you my story. This last week, a wonderful couple that we helped in Renton, um, they're retiring. They're moving to Medford, but they're retired. They live in the house. So they right. said, how are we going to schedule this? What should we do? And 
What do you say when somebody says, well, I'll just kind of move into one of the rooms while they show? What do you say to a seller you know, about that? It's best. There's a psychology to selling where a buyer has to mentally move themselves in. People always talk about overcoming objections. You know, um, objections are a good thing. People don't object to a house they're not interested in buying. Right. And so getting the seller out of there, so number one, they're not hearing the objections <laughs> because yeah. there's a psychology to that buyer needing to make themselves at home. Verbalize and if the it. seller's there, they don't want to invade. I mean, it's it's. I think it's something deep in human psychology. They don't want to invade the other person's space. They don't want to hurt their feelings. So I tell my clients, let's do it right and let's get it done fast. Reserve a table at Starbucks and get out of the house. Get out Let of the me house. do my job. Yeah, so the showing time, basically, it'll send a request for an appointment. Right. And if, um, you know, if you're like me, my clients, they weren't tech savvy at all. They didn't want to right. use an app. They didn't do that. So we just called them. We yeah. had a phone call. And actually, no, that's not what we did. I'll tell you what we did. We actually, um, they were, they're moving to Medford. So I said, well, why don't you guys go check out homes in Medford this weekend? So Smart. I, I had yeah. them just get out of the house which then allowed every appointment that they wanted to come in when they wanted to. Right. And that's the that's like the highest level of access. It's it's wide open. Go ahead. And, and I often that. sit down right up front and write out a schedule with them and say, these are the times I'd like to have unfettered access. Yeah. And so they, they look at their week. They say, okay, I've got to be, you know, I'll be gone at work in these hours. or So we just map out a time, confirm it on a calendar, and I just grant access as the requests come in based on the calendar that, that they and I created. Yeah. And that works great. Yeah. And we can't always have that. But I certainly would agree with you, like have that seat at Starbucks, right? right. Up the way um, where you can get out of the house to provide access at any amount of time. Because essentially, it, you know, when somebody lists a home, even if they've lived there for 30 years, it's now a public place. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's public. I know it's, that. We, it's, it's just the <laughs> access. Know, it's, it's and like the other issue is sometimes there's pets we got to deal with. So having them vacate oh, yeah. with the pet. Yeah, because pets will block a lot of people from uh, that buying decision. So, what about something that has to be more restrictive? Let's say a tenant occupied. What do you do? Oh then? gosh, get the tenant out. Tenants, get the tenant out. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, I, I've been selling longer than I should. I have never had a uh, tenant that cooperated to the level that uh, the owner, owner would. would right. Mm-hmm. And I've even had tenants just tell people why they shouldn't buy the house. And right. They, they're outmoded. They don't want to move. Right. And so, what I tell my sellers is ideally. We time it so that the tenant's out, we're ready to go on market, hit it hard and get it sold, right. minimize vacancy. So if you can't get the tenant out, then you have to follow the law. And what's the law say with regards um, to showing? Tenants rights, 24-hour written notice. And it's pretty rare that I've had anybody really invoke that. But I work cooperatively with them. We play nice and get their cooperation as best we can. Right. And uh, talk to them about their schedule and then work those showings around their schedule. Right. So Now, what do you say to somebody who absolutely positively wants you to be there for all appointments? You know, we can accommodate that, but it's really not necessary. Um, but in, in a situation where somebody really wants that, that's something that can be accommodated. And I think so. it's important to say that, right? Because we, we certainly want to make sure that we say, well, here, it's on their own. Because a lot of times, um, I, I, I think we've got a lot of great agents out there. Right. But they don't always communicate the values the way that you and I would right. on behalf of our clients. And I know I've sat in an open house and been able to you know, share with a, a couple coming through the home enough information mm-hmm. to help them move forward. So something I almost always do is have my listings shown by appointment only. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is that gives me a chance to call that broker and give them the highlights of the home and sure. talk them through that so they can do a better job showing. So I'm very diligent about talking to those brokers before they show the home. Well, another way to do that that our team does is silent talkers in the house. Right. 
So right. that would be, you know, um, when you have a home that's rich in features, you know, as you're walking through, I've got a client I met with, and he was pointing out the LED lighting here, the, this there, mm-hmm. the, the things that are small things that mean a lot to him and may mean a lot to a future buyer. Yeah, a sound talker is just a card that we put up that, that uh, points out the feature. So yes. we put those up throughout the house. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thanks for the clarification. So access. Um, what else? There's more thoughts here, I think. Yeah, so I think the bottom line is if if you're looking to sell your home, the goal is to have as much access as possible. If you can't, it, it, another analogy would be imagine if you wanted to go test drive a car and they were like, well, um, can you come back tomorrow? I mean, whose right. schedule do you want to be on? Yeah, and, and I mean, here's the reality is as a broker, we're juggling you know the buyer's schedule, the seller's schedule, and our own schedule. Right. And so making it uh, easy, I mean, I tell my sellers, you turn away a buyer, there's a good chance they're never coming back. And because and, another thing is, the brokers look at a seller who doesn't allow access as an unmotivated seller who they right. don't want to work with. Right. And I've had clients turn away buyer after buyer, not realizing, uh, not realizing the harm to themselves, but also the work that you and I do, Dan and I do, mm-hmm. to get those people there in the first place. Well, and and actually, that's funny that you mentioned that because you think about the time or a, a life of a listing, right? Mm-hmm. When it first comes on, that first week is crucial. That's the hot item. Right. So it, it may be something where people say, well, we just we can't work around our schedule. We can't do that. And then suddenly that home's on the market now a little bit longer than is normal. Right. And then you have buyers saying, well, what's wrong with that house? Right. So it, it's it gets shop worn. So after I think a while. I think the long story on that is um, to really kind of consider what your strategy is for allowing access to the home. Uh, Brian and I would both agree as much unfettered access as possible, uh, you know, go there. Um, We can accommodate everything. But what we want to do is make sure that as many obstacles to somebody seeing that home to make a purchasing decision, to get the information. Mm -hmm. We provide hot sheets. We provide the silent talkers. We provide all the information so that when somebody gets there, then they can actually get the information they need. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I I think another thing is is the the two big objections that I hear – are their schedule, the sellers, you know, their needs, but also security for their home. Yeah. And in all the years and the thousands of homes I've sold, I've never had a theft from a home being shown. There, People are worried about that sometimes. Right. And I always coach my clients to put away everything that's highly valuable and highly portable, you know, guns, coin collections, jewelry. Watches. Off-premises. Yeah. Put them somewhere else. I've never had a problem, but I don't want to start. Yeah. But, but also remember, we totally know who's going in there with that key box we're informed that broker is in a relationship with that buyer or they're not showing them and we know who the broker is. Well, let's put it this way. Um, nowadays, a lot of homes have cameras. That's right. Right. So if you have the ability to put a camera on and we <laughs> talked, to, I think we talked about oh, this yeah. on an early yeah. episode is, is, um, oh, buyer's agents, make sure that you know that you're on camera. If you walk up to a house that has the yeah. the doorbells with the cameras on it. Yeah. And I'm not going to entertain the discussion on the legality of that, <laughs> but I coach my my buyers that there's times I'm showing a home and they love it and they want to start talking about their negotiating strategy. Yeah, it's like, nope, take don't. it outside. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually had that happen where I've had a call later where there was information relayed that I knew that uh, we were um, videoed or, or there was audio. They knew yep. what we were talking about. Yep. And it's like I, I'm just very careful to coach my clients. Uh, we talk outside. Loose you lips, sink ships. ships. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think the idea there, though, is from an openness standpoint and a security standpoint, you can put a camera there. It's your right yeah. to have that in your house. Um, but, yeah, kind of be, be understanding that yeah. as you're a buyer, you know, gosh, you're on camera. <laughs> I, 
yeah, the cameras today are so small and so inexpensive. I think as a buyer, expect that, that you're on camera. You know, I got caught on camera. <laughs> oh, yeah? Tell me. <laughs> there was a bear that showed up in the backyard, and I yeah. walked out backyard, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> I, like, freaked out and ran back into the yeah. house, and I realized, oh, no, I'm on camera. So I asked my seller, because it was yeah. his house, I was like, hey, did you happen to get me <laughs> freaking get out? Did the they? Camera? They did. Yeah. I trashed oh, the I, I threw away the footage, so we don't have that anymore. Oh, darn. That'd be funny. <laughs> well, I thought that was pretty funny, though. I've had a couple times where stuff has surfaced later where it's like, hmm. Oh. Yeah, we were being watched. And that, you know, I've had people say, oh, it's creepy. And it's like, no, you're in somebody. I mean, again, I don't even know the legality of this. Right. It's probably not legal to videotape somebody without <laughs> their consent. But you're in somebody else's home. And so, I wonder. So do you think we should put a, cer- a thing that says video camera recording? On our home, on our list. No, no, if somebody walks into you know a house on a show and there is a video camera there, you might uh, want to put a little placard that says, "Yeah, it's that's smile a lawyer on camera." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, again, I, I'm very careful to counsel my buyers that uh, we take we take the discussions out. So the future of showing houses could be a video camera and an automated lockbox oh, on the front door. Yeah, there's yeah. a market. I read a story that they're doing that. Yeah, that the buyers can call in and get an access code and go take a look. I don't think, I think, I mean, I recognize the value of a, a competent broker really walking people through the process. Well, and, and that's, that's a good yeah, point too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, no, I think it's just, it's changing times. You know, what experience has taught me is the more we can cooperate with the uh, buyers to get showings, the more exposure we have, the more and better offers we get. So it's just part of our marketing strategy. It, yeah. To make that home completely accessible. As accessible as possible. Right. You have options. We'd love to talk to you. If you're thinking about selling your home and you want to consider how to provide access in any kind of situation, you've heard Brian and I talk about it. Well, that concludes our Real Talk segment for today. That was a good one, Brian. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. the conversation. Next up, after our break, we're going to be hearing from Debbie Rosemont with Simply Placed, who will be discussing professional organizing and how it can help you manage your time. Join us after this break. We'll be right back. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093. Or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. It's about time. Do you find you never have enough time for what matters most to you? Our comprehensive It's About Time virtual productivity program teaches you the secrets of long-term, sustainable, and life-changing productivity. We provide monthly webinars, implementation challenges, resources, community, and accountability. You'll learn tips, techniques, and strategies to help you more effectively and efficiently manage your email, tasks, time, workspace, priorities, projects, and resources. implement organized systems and productive habits that work. You'll finally get better results at work, experience less stress, have more time to dote on your clients, time to spend with your family and friends, take better care of yourself, pursue hobbies,
hobbies and get more out of life? Do you crave more time for what matters most? Are you ready to take control? Isn't it about time? Well, to start having more time for what matters most to you, call us at 206-579-5743 or visit our website for more information at www.itssimplyplaced.com. Again, that's 206-579-5743 or visit our website, www.itssimplyplaced.com. Join today because really, it's about time. Your time. Green City Pest Control knows your home is your haven, a place where you and your families and friends expect to connect without the negative impact of pests, besides the kids, that is. Each home has its own unique design, which requires them to take time to understand and investigate what's going on and that their team can assess and design a specific solution for you. Green City Pest takes this very seriously and treats each home like it was their own. They provide you with a detailed report and a list of options to consider. They have various plans and have, that have been developed over time to make sure your pest problem is eliminated efficiently and safely. I know that you will be very happy with their reproach. We recommend them to all of our homeowners that are thinking about any issues that come up about pests. Give them a call for more detail. You can reach Green City Pest at 425 413 9700. That's 425 413 9700 or visit them online at greencitypestcontrol.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our first guest today is Debbie Rosemont with Simply Placed. Debbie's a certified professional organizer and productivity consultant. She started Simply Placed in 2003 to help clients increase productivity, maximize efficiency, and bring balance and control to their work, home, and lives. Simply Placed associates work with individuals and businesses to create an effective organizational systems, clear clutter, successfully manage time, focus on priorities, and achieve goals. Debbie Rosemont is one of a small number of certified professionals in, and organizers in Washington State and was a founding member of the Seattle chapter of NAPO. She is an active member of NAPO, National Association of Professional Organizers, or NAPRO, and Women Business Owners, WBO. She was proud finalist of the 2015 WBO Nellie Cashman Business Owner of the Year Award. Debbie Rosemont, who wears many hats in her own life, as well as wife, mother, volunteer, business owner, understands that life happens and that it can be a challenge to get and stay organized. However, she has seen the benefits of an organized life and wants that for her clients. Her goal is to ultimately save her clients time, money, and stress and allow them to focus on the things that matter most. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. So we talked about your professional life. Tell us about what you do when you're not working. What are some of your hobbies? what I do for fun. Yes. Um, I love spending time outside. So I love hiking and walking. Um, I walk dogs for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to read, love to go to the movies and spend time with family and friends. Cool. Tell us uh, about most recent hike you went on. Um, gosh, it's been a while, but um, Poo Poo Point okay. was probably one of the more recent hikes. That's an awesome Locally. hike. Nice. It was about, about two miles, Yeah, but yeah. straight up. It's a steep one. Yeah. It's a steep yeah. one, but it's a good, we call it, we call it a butt burner. A butt burner. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So we'd like to ask each guest to share with us a fond memory of the home you grew up in. 
Yeah, so um, I really grew up in two homes, but the the one that um, pops to mind when when you asked that question was um, here in Bellevue. Actually, it was in Newport Hills. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, I, you just mentioned I love spending time outside. We spent a lot of time, especially during the summer, outside. So my brother, a couple years younger than I am, um, used to go out. And go down to Phantom Lake. We uh, we would ride bikes to just the grocery store area and there was a a swimming pool close by there the newport hills Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah yep i was thinking phantom lake that's that's uh newport lake hills lake hills Hills. wrong hill yeah anyway (laughs) um so spending time outside and you know it was in the day where we'd go out hop on our bikes in the morning and come home around dinner time nice there was no cell phones we didn't check in so just being outside all day and um you know we would create uh like uh, obstacle courses in our backyard and invite other kids over to, to do that. So awesome. just good times outside. All right. So let's get to the business of organization and productivity. So how do you define productivity? I think of productivity as um, achieving desired results. Hmm. So some people think of it as just, you know, cranking out more work or getting more done. Mm-hmm. But if I go on vacation and what I want out of that vacation is to rest and connect with family or uh, rejuvenate and I work during that vacation and I get work done, have I been productive? Hmm. Well, I've gotten work done, but I didn't achieve what I set out to do. So therefore, it wouldn't have been considered a productive vacation in that regard. Oh, I get it. Right? So achieving desired results is kind of the definition I like to keep in mind when we're talking about. So having a productive vacation would mean not working on vacation? If if your goal of vacation is is to rest and rejuvenate. That's Mm -hmm. weird. That'd be Mm -hmm. weird. (laughs) You ever had one of those vacations, Brian? Oh, yeah. Where you actually Darn didn't cell work. service. <laughs> I know. It's it's amazing actually what they can do for your productivity at work when you return if you can actually take a break. Well, oh, when I was funny. when I was gone last week, I went to Glacier National Park, and the second you get in that park, the cell service drops. Yeah. Right. So for like eight hours, we'd be in the park, and you know it's funny because I call, oh, we're going into the park. You know, you think like Disneyland, right? Yep. This was better because the cell yeah. service, there was nothing yep. I could do. Yep. You so, literally well, unplugged. So I was productively hiking. Excellent. My wife and I have two types of vacations, phone vacations and no phone vacations. There you go. And mm-hmm. that's how we define productivity on your terms oh, is that yeah. no phone vacation is, you know, that's the deal. Yeah. So. I, I differentiate between a trip and a vacation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah a trip, good. you might work on a trip. Phones are trips. And <laughs> vacations <laughs> are no phones. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So what do you love about the work you do? Um, I, I really, I, I've been thanked before for giving people the gift of time and that was in somebody mm. else's words and and that that lights me up you know if I can help someone mm. have time for what's important to them um, and, and doing that through helping them be more organized or put some systems in place as far as time management is concerned if they end up with more time for what's really important to them it makes me very very satisfied see that's the thing when I think of productivity it always comes back to time in my yeah. head like yeah. were you efficient yeah with your time right and um I know I'm not super efficient with my time, just saying. But as you look at the clock, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what time is it? Um, but you know, that's that's the part where um, where I could see that, right? Yeah. Saying, wow, I just got more time back, right? Because right. everybody has the same allotted time, right? And everybody says something like, oh, I don't have enough time for that. Well, right. That's a that's a common challenge, right? Yeah. And and I think time management in itself is really kind of a myth, right? Because we can't make another 25th hmm. hour in the day. Yeah. Well, what's a little tip about? how to be time more, more time productive? I think consider what's taking your time, right? What Where are you possibly wasting time? Where are you spending time on things that don't matter as much? 
um, you know, the average American wastes an hour a day looking for things that they know they have but can't find. Mm -hmm. um, so just getting physically organized where you can find things mm -hmm. when you need them makes a big difference. So um, you're saying I got to put stuff away? Put stuff away. <laughs> it, it helps you find it when you need that it. That was a trick, sure. Debbie. You were telling me I have to put stuff away. <laughs> it also <laughs> means just have what you need, right? right have what right. you need. Um, clear clutter. Have systems in place. Hmm. So I heard you say time management is really a myth. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, I, I mentioned, you know, we can't fabricate another hour in the day, right? Mm -hmm. We are all defined by these 24 hours. So how we spend the time matters. Um, I, I think we can manage not more time in the day, but we can manage our energy and we can manage our attention. So mm -hmm. learning how to focus on one thing at a time instead of multitasking. Um, thinking about how you take care of yourself in the day. Uh, making sure that you get enough sleep and that you're, you know, hydrated and you're considering nutrition and getting some exercise. Those things all impact our energy and our mm -hmm. ability to pay attention and those things we have control over. So, um, so then how, how does somebody, if, if you can't add a 24th hour, yep. right, how do you then increase being more efficient with the time? I think there's efficiency and I also think there's effectiveness. So efficiency mm. is doing things in the fastest or best way possible and effectiveness is doing the right things. So being clear on what's important to you, being clear on your values, making sure that the way you spend time matters to you, to those you're hoping to impact. Um, and then doing things, like I said, to, to reduce any waste. So don't waste time looking for things that, you know, you have but can't find. Because so how do you help a business or an individual do that in their workspace right yeah, now? What's yeah. a practical solution? So a practical solution would be to clear clutter, like get mm. rid of excess. Like get physically rid of stuff. move physically, stuff. Physically, physically get rid of stuff that's not adding value to the space or your work or your life. That's one one suggestion. And so does that mean you'll come to somebody's office, sit down next to them and, and like scowl at their dirty desk? There's no scowling. No scowling. No, because there's no judgment. No judgment in time. No judgment. That's good. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's very sincere. Um, so no, no scowling. But we, we do want to meet people where they're at. And we do mm -hmm. help them identify what their challenges are because some people don't know. They, they, they think they could be more efficient, more effective, but they don't know where their time is going. Hmm. So we might help them track their time for a while. We might help them consider their physical environment. And we would also help them consider their calendar and their schedule and the way that they're booking themselves. And email. And email. email and right. how much time they're spending in meetings. Yeah. Email's huge. Lots of wasted time there. So right. much. I, I, it's funny. I've been going through and unsubscribing from all the right. random That's stuff that I, I got. It's, yep. I, I've got, you know, Google's got all these kind of priority things that help you kind of clear it out. But still, you know, in, in my business, I know Brian probably feels this way, but you can't miss an email. Yeah. Right. So right. how do you... How do you filter things out and then yeah. suddenly you didn't get an important email from right. somebody? Yeah. Um, so we teach an awesome system to help people process, not check their email. Um, so when when you're just checking email and you're looking at something and then you're moving on to the next one, it's possible that then, you know, that one that you read that needs action is going to be buried by new right. emails the next day or the next. Right. So processing, getting email out of your inbox that needs action and into a task management system is important. Mm -hmm. Deleting emails that you don't need. That's again, that's clutter. If you don't need it, let's right. get rid of it. Filing away for reference <clears throat> things that you need not necessarily to act on, but you might be responsible for recalling later. So we've got a system for all that. Awesome. What's one thing your clients have in common? Overwhelm. Overwhelm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When, when they call, um, and it's, it's brave for many of these people to make, make the call, um, <laughs> but they are sharing in common that they're overwhelmed um, hmm. by how to start, by what to do, by taking the time to, making the time to do it. 
Um, so we love to partner with people who are feeling that way because I think we do an excellent mm. job of taking away the overwhelm. So when you say, um, you know, you meet with clients, what, what, how, how long does this process of kind of shaping and getting more productive, how much time do you usually spend? I'm sure it differs, yeah. but can you give us an average? Um, it definitely depends. Uh, you know, it depends on what their goals are. And if it's physically organizing, it depends on how much stuff they have and, and mm-hmm. how far away are they from the environment that they want and will work most effectively or live the most effectively or happily in. Um, so I personally don't, as a consumer, I don't like the answer when I ask the question, how much or how long or how many? Right. It depends, but it totally right. depends. Right. It totally mm-hmm. depends. So, you know, we have clients that will have us come in to, um, you know, just organize a kitchen or just organize an office or just help them figure out some uh, struggles with time management if they don't feel like they have enough time in their day. And they may have a single session, a single consultation where we're packing in some information and then they're going to do the do the uh, implementation on their own. Mm-hmm. And we have others who want us to come and partner with them to help hold them accountable for implementing and for doing the work with them. And that could be, you know, multiple sessions. It could be 12, 24-hour package of time. Depends, yeah. yeah. So so you work very flexibly when yes. it comes to the, the job at hand that's yeah. needed, whether um, they're trying to gain some time or be more productive with their time. Right. Um, do you have a story that stands out that was just like change somebody's career or their life or, or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, the, the email processing thing, that's, that. That, that is a, yeah. a big one. And I was actually just reminded of it today. Mm-hmm. I was um, speaking to uh, an executive assistant at Microsoft that um, I did some work with privately. And then she had me come in and teach um, what I had done with her, with her team. And mm-hmm. she still to this day talks about what a huge difference that that made. She had thousands and thousands right. of emails in her right. inbox. And she wasn't sleeping well at night because she was fearful that something would slip through the cracks or, you know, Mm. she wasn't, she had so much on her plate. And so really just working with her on a a better system for um, processing email made a a world of difference for her. And this is years later, we continue to do some work together um, and she's referred me in to work with other people there. She keeps talking about it. She's one Mm. of my biggest advocates. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yesterday I read an article, uh, an interview of a broker who specializes in luxury um, homes. Yeah. And she has worked with several billionaires. And one of the questions was, what do you see in common? What characteristics do you see in common Mm -hmm. all of them? And Mm -hmm. and she said, oh, they're focused on the importance of time and and their productivity. That's partially led to their success is the ability to delegate and focus and manage their time. So So Debbie can help you be a billionaire. Well, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You never know. Well, let's keep talking. So what are the bigger (laughs) takers of time? Uh, why are we so busy but not having time for what matters most? We've talked about email. Yep. We've talked about physical clutter and yep. physical disorganization. Uh, lots of time spent in meetings for busy professionals. Oh, meetings, we yeah. We hear that, right? Just meetings that aren't necessarily productive. Um, not delegating. So so you just mentioned that. You know, Not mm-hmm. delegating to other people what they could do for us to free up our time to do the mm-hmm. things that only we can do. So if we spend time um, you know, in, in the trivial many, we're not getting yeah. to the vital few. Um, so those are a few things. Lack of prioritization, lack of planning. Awesome. Yeah, majoring in minors. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have a fantastic assistant, Gabby. And Gabby mm-hmm. and I have been working together now for three years. Mm-hmm. And we keep working like more things off my plate. Yeah. More things onto her plate yeah. that can be easily, you know, something that she can focus on because she's sitting at this while Brian and I are running around, you yeah. know, doing various appointments. And, and that, that's been a game changer. I was talking to a, a colleague of mine. He's like, I need one of those. Where do I get one of those? Yes. <laughs> so, Debbie, tell yeah. us how our, our listeners can uh, get a hold of you. Yeah, a couple of ways. Uh, website is an easy way. And we're at 
www.itssimplyplace.com. Um, phone number and give us a call at 206-579-5743. And we're pretty active on social media. So um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Simply Placed is the handle. So we're, we're easy to find and we love to um, have community there and, and have great conversations around all things organization and productivity. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. After the break, we have in studio Scott Didion with Green City Pest Control. We'll be discussing how rats can easily destroy the sale of your home. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned after the break for more. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact. Homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Are your dog's behaviors not quite what you'd like them to be? You're not alone. DogSmart is committed to helping families just like yours learn ways to communicate with your dog so that both ends of the leash are working as one. They've helped countless families on Seattle's east side and beyond. Don't waste another moment. Reach out today. To learn more about how DogSmart can help or to schedule a time to meet, visit their website at dogsmartseattle.com or call 1-833-DOGSMART today. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093. Or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Scott Didion with Green City Pest Control. Scott is a board-certified urban entomologist and has been in the industry for over 30 years. Scott has been in the forefront of the changes in pest control in the Pacific Northwest due to the recent invasive pests like roof rats and odorous house ants. Never heard of them. I'm looking forward to hearing about they that. smell bad they smell bad <laughs> okay scott is the owner of green city pest control and has designed low uh, chemical approach to resolving pest issues with clients like the woodland park zoo national institute of health and various lead accounts welcome to the show scott hey guys 
So tell us, what do you do when you're not out uh, eradicating pests? <laughs> so I know hobbies are supposed to not necessarily be associated with work, but one of my hobbies tends to always be that um, at some point we've got some kind of animal living in our house that isn't normally supposed to be there. Oh, does that include boomerang children? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben, <laughs> pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> we, we've got plenty of kids. So I, I've got four teenagers and running my own business. And so a lot of kind of what keeps me distracted is um, either, you know, like a tarantula or scorpions or thatcher oh, ants. Or, right. Yeah. You know, tarantulas here? Well, not here. Not here. Okay. <laughs> but, so it's an intentional pet store get. It, these aren't invasive pets that are somehow in these your are house. Because I wouldn't trust you if guests. you had a bunch of uninvited pests in your house. Or, the, or these are pets that are given to me or I okay. find or, oh, or something oh, well. like that. And um, Yeah, and uh, my wife is definitely not thrilled by that, but she's <laughs> just kind of given in. Or, and we've kind of delegated to some of it over to the office now. And uh, The pests? The, pe- the pets. pets. These are pets, not pests. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it depends if they're in the... Uh, Containment or not. That's right. Uh, All right. So this is a show about, you know, homes and living in houses. So tell us about what the home you grew up in. So I I grew up in Renton in the Bryn Mawr area or Skyway. And uh, uh, the house that I grew up in, my my mom and my dad uh, built and my mom and dad divorced and uh, my mom remarried and then expanded out when she remarried. Um, What was unique about that house is um, they're obviously when they did the expansion, they weren't ne- necessarily navigating through what they were doing. Um, we had, I think, 13 bedrooms in the end, or that wow. rooms that could be bedrooms. Some of them were really funky in size and and stuff. But it was a, it was an interesting childhood, kind of growing up and um, kind of a very big house and secluded somewhat. But did uh, you have 12 brothers and sisters? I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had four. Oh, okay. Well. And you could pick which so room you wanted to stay in every so often. That's right. We got mm-hmm. to rotate through. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Scott, compared to the past, why are rats now such a big deal in Seattle, Bellevue area? Is it uh, construction, global warming? What's going on? <laughs> so, you know, kind of as you mentioned early on, we've seen an increase in a, in a rodent called roof rats. And that's uh, they get their name from California um, when they would live in people's roofs in the attics. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're originally from, uh, from Asia, probably... Um, Indonesia, kind of the oh, really? jungle environment. It's not the Norwegian rat. N- not the Norway rat, right. And mm. so the Norway rat is really the more traditional city rat that you would find around dumpsters and in the sewer system mm. and stuff. The roof rat is very much more um, acclimated towards vegetation. They actually don't go after human garbage. They'll go after mm. nuts and berries and plants mm. and uh, and s- stuff like that. So they've actually they've kind of been in Seattle for since the 1950s or so but they were pretty much locked in t- into the Seattle area and then about 12 15 years ago they be- they began to expand out into the suburbs and they literally just exploded hmm. and so what we've seen literally every every year is more and more um you know cases of rats kind of moving into neighborhoods um throughout you know Bellevue then Sammamish and and then North Bend um you know, wow. you, you know, I'm down more in the southern, South King County area, so we were seeing them in Renton, and then we began to see them in Maple Valley. And the past couple of years, we're seeing them in Enumclaw, and uh, and kind of kind of the same also with Puyallup. And now now reports are that roof rats are down in in Olympia, um, hmm. and they're kind of traveling. They're going to basically kind of take over, in my opinion, probably the western part of our state. So wow. the second part of his question is is what causes that expansion? Is it the global warming? Is it the right the Right. Or just do they hop a ride on a construction truck and now they're down, you know, in Maple Valley? 
So, you know, it's, it's like any invasive pest, whether, whether it's gypsy moths or, or the Norway rat, which is actually an invasive rodent, or roof rats or, or house mice. If they find a niche and they can capitalize on that niche, you know, there's usually not predators to take them out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same with roof rats. They found a niche that works really well with them. Um, they can reproduce. They reproduce like crazy. And they don't have a lot of predators. And, uh, and Is the coyote a predator? The coyote is a predator, but there's a lot of rats. Not enough. Yeah, mm, right. There's not enough of them. Bring back the coyotes. Yeah, they're, they're here. <laughs> no, I'm actually just started reading a book on coyotes. It was very fascinating. Hmm. I, I can't remember. Coyote America. If if you if you're interested in that, it'd be interesting. I digress. <laughs> All right. Do I get okay. so, <laughs> do I keep one as a pet? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, they've got no. a very <laughs> interesting North American history. I have to say that. Um, so. All right. So uh, from a practical sense, right, we've referred you to many of our clients, whether they're uh, just buying a home or they're getting ready to sell a home. Sometimes people don't know what's going on. Um, So what can a seller do, right, to become proactive and prevent rodents from being an issue in the sale of their home? Well, definitely for a seller, if they're, you know, when they get to that position where they're having their home inspected and then a home inspector goes through and he's taking pictures Probably what you don't want is for that inspector to get a picture of a dead rat and then have that sent off to the buyer. Mm -hmm. Um, You never quite, I mean, a lot of buyers may say that's not a big deal. I kind of know that going into it, but you never know what's going to happen. So if you can circumvent that first and reduce that possibility, that's probably a wise move. In advance of going to the market. That's right. Yeah. That's why one of the reasons why we get our home inspected before it goes to market because. I don't know about you, Brian, but I don't like going in my crawl space. <laughs> that's and, what the inspectors. And that's a, probably a lot of a lot of sellers. They just they don't want to go down there. They've not been down there. They don't have any clue what could be happening. That's um, why the inspectors get the big bucks. Yeah, they the go big down bucks. There. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and you, I'm sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Brian, even as you said, you know, most homeowners, even if you go down, you're not going to go down like a home inspector would. Right. They're, mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're going to be more thorough. And uh, so it's still better to hire somebody to do that probably. So why should buyers be concerned about rodent issues? I know this is kind of obvious question, but from your perspective. Yeah. So um, kind of what's happening with the roof rats is while in California, they were predominantly in the attics up here in Washington State or in King County. They're in, in the attics, but they're really also in the crawl spaces. And uh, they'll get up into the insulation that's right below the subflooring and destroy that. Mm-hmm. Um, to re- oh, wow. Yeah. To thoroughly go through, you know, replace, remove. Um, kind of seal things up and get rid of the rats, you could be talking for the average crawl space um, four to $5,000 easily. Wow. So oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're a buyer, you know, and that that's may- That's a big deal. That yeah. could be a big deal. And it's something to keep in mind. And, and that, that as long as you're planning that out, that's, that's mm-hmm. okay. But you don't want that to be a big surprise after you've just bought the house. Okay, so that's roof rats. What are the what are deer mice? What's the difference, and um, why would they be a concern to a buyer? Okay, so deer mice. Deer mice. We're familiar with the house mouse, and that's kind of the standard mouse that we're thinking of. Deer mice are native field mice in our area, and uh, and they're actually the predominant mice that people would run into. Um, they're beautiful animals. Uh, they they love the woods, but they'll actually kind of move into the insulation and kind of nest, and then go outside to feed. Every once in a while, they'll work. They'll they'll kind of run out of food outside, or they'll run out of the seeds or whatever they're feeding off of, and they'll move further into the house and then pop up and down. So um, that's different than roof rats. Won't do that. Well, roof rats typically don't move into the living space. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, deer mice. Will, the mice do. The mice will. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little easier for them to get through. Um, but deer mice are the ones that carry the hantavirus, and uh, and so you do want to you don't want them in your garage and, or mm. you know tucked away someplace. 
And the key there is just if they are there, then you want to make sure you're following certain precautions. The what virus? That sounds it sounds bad. What is this? Yeah, it's Hanta. called Hanta virus. It is bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. It's 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 definitely something to be concerned about. It could be you know potentially lethal, and and there are some health issues. Not something maybe to freak out over, but you do okay. want to be. You don't want to have deer mice living like crazy in your garage. Or bottom line is a home is for people, not mice. That's right. So I heard people say they have cats. Won't they take care of the problem? So cats are really good at taking out mice occasionally, and uh, and then also moles. And maybe juvenile rats, hmm. but usually the adult rats, they just kind of watch. Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you might get a mouser that'll be pretty aggressive, but it's really pretty rare. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. So, so how, how do you know uh, if the activity is current activity or old activity? That's that's really tough. And that's one of the things that most people say is like, well, I went in my crawl space and it's just old droppings. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this for over 31 years, and I... You know, I can tell if it's really, really fresh, but I can't tell if it's one week or, or a month old. Mm. If it's got dust on it, then it's probably old, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then it may be a year old or something like that. But outside of that, it's really hard to kind of gauge. Um, it's better to assume with the amount of rodent activity that we're seeing consistently to assume that it's probably not old. So mm. you're, you mentioned the solution with when they get into a crawl space is generally to, to take out all the insulation seal to tell me about the process sure yeah so the goal is for crawl spaces you you want to exclude out the rodents and so you want to seal out all the entry points that they could get in but to do that um there are cases where insulation will have to be removed to even do that properly and by the time it reaches that point there frequently there could be nests of rodent activity in that insulation mm-hmm. it's just usually better just to remove it all start fresh um, remove the vapor barrier all the debris and then make sure it's properly sealed, and then look at putting new insulation in. And then you have to treat it uh, from there for a few months to make sure that there's no return stuff? That's correct. So you want to at least monitor it and manage it for a while. Um, Honestly, though, with the rodent pressure that we're seeing consistently, um, we're seeing more and more of a tendency to kind of move towards a regular program. Washington Hmm. State used to be one of the few places where there wasn't a lot of pest control. Uh Um, That's that's changing. And... uh, and really, in the end, probably in m- many cases, going on to a regular program is not a bad idea. I know a lot of people that move here from around the, the area, they just, it's an automatic. It's yep. A, yep. Yep. So um, I grew up here, so I never even knew yeah. it. So should we be concerned about termites or other wood-destroying insects, organisms? To a degree, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the Bellevue area or the King County area, um, powder post beetles are a concern, but they're not a major concern. Do we see termites uh, here? We do see termites, um, not as much, not as often in Bellevue, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see them in other parts of Seattle. Hmm. Um, there are some pockets of, of areas where we, where we have seen them. And the termite in particular is the subterranean termite or the western subterranean termite, hmm. which is from California. Um, and Dang it's, California invasion. I, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it, over the past 50 years, they've been gradually moving north, and they're in Canada now, but... Um, we're just seeing we're seeing where it's kind of standard now, where mm. termites are popping up consistently in certain areas, or subterranean termites are. We also have the dampwood termite, which is a native termite, um, and that typically only infests um, like tree stumps and stuff like that. It's the western subterranean that would be concerned for a home. Okay, before we run out of time, sure. what is an odorous house ant? So odorous house ants <laughs> are another, it's an invasive ant that came to King County. About, From California? California? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no originally, uh, originally from Asia, 
actually landed in Florida about 25 years ago. Oh, wow. Hmm. Worked his way across the country, was just kind of moving in every state, and then popped up here in King County about eight years ago. And uh, it's a, the type of ant, ha- typically the colony has about 30 queens, 30 to 40 queens. So if you spray, that, what that colony does is they tend to split. Hmm. And so you'll kill half the, the ants, but... If you don't kill all the queens, they leave you, with the queen. Yep, and yeah. you may have two colonies at that point developing. So it's a, it's become a real it's a nuisance pest. Doesn't do any structural damage, but it's become a real hmm. um, nuisance. And you just have to kind of strategize in how you're going to do it appropriately. Hmm. All right. Um, well, how can people get in contact with you? Probably, you know, probably best way is either through the website, which is www.greencitypestcontrol.com. Or you can call us directly at 425-413-9700. Scott, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan at 1150 KKNW. After the break, we have some more Real Talk. And I, of course, have some great <laughs> final thoughts. Dan, don't laugh so loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. It's about time. Do you find you never have enough time for what matters most to you? Our comprehensive It's About Time virtual productivity program teaches you the secrets of long-term, sustainable, and life-changing productivity. We provide monthly webinars, implementation challenges, resources, community, and accountability. You'll learn tips, techniques, and strategies to help you more effectively and efficiently manage your email, tasks, time, workspace, priorities, projects, and resources. You'll implement organized systems and productive habits that work. You'll finally get better results at work, experience less stress, have more time to dote on your clients, time to spend with your family and friends, take better care of yourself, pursue hobbies, and get more out of life. Do you crave more time for what matters most? Are you ready to take control? Isn't it about time? Well, to start having more time for what matters most to you, call us at 206-579-5743 or visit our website for more information at www.itssimplyplaced.com. Again, that's 206-579-5743 or visit our website, www.itssimplyplaced.com. Join today because really, it's about time. Your time. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. All right, welcome back to Real Talk on 1150 KKNW AM 1150. Let's get into your final thoughts. That was a really good show. Yeah. It's kind of a diverse segment, right? We talked about productivity and then got getting rid of unwanted pests. Right? Clearing the clutter. It's clearing the clutter. That's right. <laughs> rid of the distractions. So tell us your final thought, Brian. You know, in the first segment, uh, we 
I mentioned a little bit about pets, getting pets out of the house when homes being shown. Ah, yeah. A number of years ago, I was representing a buyer who was a dog trainer. And there was a home that popped up that looked really interesting. We went there and uh, knocked on the door. Nobody home. There was a dog barking inside, but I didn't think too much of that. I utilized my Supra Super Key to open the key box. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the dog, um, um, as I started to crack the door open, the dog comes to the door and uh, a rather large, um, um, I think it was a black lab, and mm-hmm. uh, just teeth bared, barking like crazy. And so I didn't want to open the door. And my client, being the dog whisperer, kneels down and starts talking to the dog. And after about five minutes, the dog's calmed, and we viewed the home, wrote up a nice offer, and uh, got in contract. The uh, um, listing broker called me later, and he says, yeah, really glad you guys were able to get in there. You're the only buyer that's been able to get inside oh, that home. And, of course, I'm representing the buyer. That's fine for me. We had made an offer you know, fairly low and gotten it accepted because the seller was highly motivated to sell, but nobody was looking at the home. And nobody was telling them. Nobody was telling them. That that was an issue. And I think, you know, it was unfortunate that that listing broker and representing their client didn't say, yeah, you got to get the dog out of there. Excellent. So for my client, I was thrilled. Yeah. And so was the, the client. But that seller, I think, was poorly represented in that nobody said, people aren't getting in your house because of your dog. Yeah. So. Well, and, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily finish the story on access. So I, I sent yeah. my, my clients out to go look at it, their future home. They came back on Monday. On Tuesday, we had eight offers for them. Nice. So I'm like doing the happy dance. Um, and, and the interesting story about that was because of the unfettered access, it allowed us to have a lot of people come through, right. kick the tires. We ended up, you know, working through the eight offers and, and she was really happy with the outcome. Um, I know that um, we talked to, to Scott about his services. Brian and I have recommended them to our clients, uh, buyers yep. that have bought a house, buyers that have uh, sold a house, or getting sellers that are getting ready to sell a house. Um, anybody that's a, a client of ours that may suspect that they have those odorous, you know, anything going on. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's like a cable, right, service. You're going to need to have um, something to protect you just, just to keep the house healthy, right? right? And to only allow the type of pests that you want in the house. So, so, Dan, what's <laughs> happening this week in our lovely community? Hey, guess what? It's now uh, we're getting close to that time for Oktoberfest. So this Friday, September 20th, we're not even on October. There is a re- uh, reason. Kirkland is home to Seattle's most authentic op- Oktoberfest tradition. So between drinking full pours of imported German beer, eating traditional food, and sway arm in arm to live oom-pom-pom music, you'll, <laughs> you will soon... Uh, one wonder if you've been transported smack dab into the m- middle of Bavaria. Sunday afternoon features the seventh annual Wiener Dog Race presented by Mud Bay. Wiener Dog races are all ages, and so come if you have a Wiener Dog, bring them. Um, it takes place in Marina Park waterfront in downtown Kirkland. Tickets are available online at OktoberfestKirkland.com. Thanks, Dan. So that concludes our show for the week. I want to especially thank our guests Debbie and Scott taking the time to come in today and speak with us. It was a great show. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back for another great show next week. See you then. Thank you.